1: Fridays on the Huge Show Across Michigan are presented by Van Andel Arena, DeVos Performance Hall, and DeVos Place in downtown Grand Rapids. And here's what's on the schedule in GR. Tomorrow, comedian Jim Gaffigan, the Dark Pale Tour inside Van Andel Arena. Tickets on sale right now at Ticketmaster.com. And through April 16th, Broadway Grand Rapids presents My Fair Lady at DeVos Performance Hall. Those tickets available at Ticketmaster.com. April 23rd, Music inside the Voss Performance Hall in downtown Grand Rapids. Get those tickets at Ticketmaster.com. April 27th, Morgan Wallen, one night at a time tour inside Van Andel Arena. Tickets on sale now at Ticketmaster.com. May 5th and 7th, Opera Grand Rapids presents Aida for the first time in Grand Rapids since 1997. That's inside the Voss Performance Hall. Tickets on sale at Ticketmaster.com. May 6th, Kenny Chesney, the I Go Back Tour featuring Kelsey Ballerini at Van Andel Arena. Tickets on sale now at Ticketmaster.com. May 15th, Britt Floyd, 50 years of Dark Side of the Moon. That's at the Voss Performance Hall. Those tickets on sale at Ticketmaster.com. And May 16th, breaking Benjamin and Bush at Van Andel Arena in downtown Grand Rapids. Tickets on sale now at Ticketmaster.com. June 10th, 92. That's Quinn 92, the People's Tour at Van Arena. Tickets available at Ticketmaster.com. And here's what's happening at DeVos Place. USA Gymnastics Region 5, Level 6 through 8, April 21st through the 23rd at DeVos Place in downtown Grand Rapids. And Lakeshore Volleyball, Michigan AAU Volleyball, April 29th through the 30th at DeVos Place in downtown Grand Rapids. Fridays on the HUGE Show Across Michigan are presented by Van Andel Arena, DeVos Performance Hall, and DeVos Place in
0: downtown GR. Are you ready for huge opinions on the Lions, Tigers, Wings, Pistons, Michigan, MSU, and every sports team in the state of Michigan?
1: What's up, Michigan? It is time to get together on the only syndicated statewide afternoon sports radio show, 19 stations strong. For the one close to you, go to thehugeshow.net. Mark, Yule will join me. And we'll talk about the Michigan High School Athletic Association's guidelines and rules pertaining to transgender athletes taking part in a female sport, those going and transitioning from male to female. I think the guidelines and the rules they have in place, if everybody nationally, not just at the high school level, I'm talking all sports entities, followed this, most of you would say it's fair. And I'm gonna let Mark join us and talk about it. Also, I'll deliver my huge opinion on this transgender athlete debate. And it's political. It's emotional, and my simple answer is if you're born a biological male, no matter if you want to transition and your family allows it or you do it as an adult, no one's going to discriminate against you if you want to go play on a boys' team. And there are guidelines on when a man becomes as close to a woman as they can beyond being born. A male, And those are some of the rules in place and guidelines with the Michigan High School Athletic Association. But to me, this talk of discrimination and exclusion, and I'm like, whoa, wait a minute. So just for the sake of a conversation on a statewide sports radio show, if you are a, going to be a senior in high school and you're a boy and you identify your gender as a girl and you want to play sports, Go play on the boys' team. I think the school could provide a neutral bathroom, which some schools already have put in place, where that student athlete can change and they play on a boys' team and they're not being discriminated against and you're not violating Title IX. I find common sense to be such a simple path in so many of these political hot potato discussions. And I'm telling you, being around Mark Yule and the Michigan High School Athletic Association through the pandemic, through so many different hot potato stories, their guide has been common sense and what the majority of their school districts want. That's it. No one's saying you can't play. If I had a daughter who was transitioning to a boy... And she was good enough to make the girls' soccer team more power to her. She's playing. She's getting an opportunity. Nobody's discriminating against anybody. Tell me why a male transitioning to a female can swim in the Ivy League against the women when there's a men's swimming team he could be on. I don't understand that. I, I really don't. You're not denying anybody. You're not excluding one darn person from anything. Well, they, uh, who, gender, you can have a female for a boss. You can have a male. They can be gay. They can be straight. They can be Catholic. They can be Mormon. They can be Jewish. They, it doesn't matter. They're your boss. I, I really don't get this debate. And it's politically charged when pro-athletes, females, are saying, oh, you can't deny somebody because of their gender identity a chance at sports. And I'm thinking, hey, uh, Sue Bird, do you want a male to say he's a female and go play in the WNBA? Hey, U.S. women's soccer, do you want a male to say he's a female and he's going to play on the U.S. national team? Which, by the way, six years ago, a U-15 a U15 club soccer team beat the U.S. women's national team in a scrimmage. There is a reason we have separation of biological males and females in sports. Yeah, a woman at 61 today, line up a woman close to my age. She could kick my ass in golf, bowling. Well, what other sport? Tennis, right? I could get just schooled in tennis. I'd look like Chris Farley. Playing tennis, I, I, but I, I'm fine with that. It's not the end of the world. But what you're seeing here are biological males dominating females in some high school sports in some states, collegiately with some teams, and even internationally. You saw the New Zealand rugby player just drill. A male transitioning to female. So I, I, I'm, I'm telling everybody out there, Megan Rapino and Sue Bird, do you want men to say, "Hey, I'm a woman and I want to play. I want to try out for the U.S. Women's National Soccer Team, or I want to try out for the WNBA"? You can't deny me. Do you understand? Here for for some reason they're saying, "Well, high school sports." The girls aren't gonna go. A small percentage move on. No, it's about equal competition. That's it. It is not about discrimination in any way, shape, or form. Are gay athletes excluded from playing at Michigan High Schools? NCAA Division 123, NAIA, JUCO. No. Are you denied based on your religion? No. Sexual discrimination, if you want to get into Title IX, if you're born a biological male, you are a male on your birth certificate. You want to transition? That's fine. Go play on the boys' teams. You're a female, and you want to transition to a male? And you think you're good enough to go try out for the boys' teams? Go try out. I know some will say, well, wait a minute, you're saying a woman could do... Girls have wrestled before there was wrestling. Girls have played football in the state of Michigan because football wasn't offered to girls. I did have an argument a few years ago, Superfly, that volleyball wasn't offered to boys. So under Title IX, which says no discrimination, why couldn't boys go out for girls' volleyball? Why? A girl could be on the wrestling team until they had a girl's wrestling. A girl can be on the football team because the sport isn't offered. And I'm telling you why. Because the boys would take most of the spots from the young girls at Michigan high schools. That's why, and we all agree with that, there are no protests. So we'll bring Mark Ewell in, and I want him to... Explain The Michigan High School Athletic Association has the perfect. I'm talking nationally, any level, any sport. Their system in place that's been there for a few years when it comes to transgender athletes and high school sports participation in the state of Michigan to me is a blueprint. For every sport to follow in the country. I don't care what level. It really is. And I do want your feedback. You can join in uh, throughout the broadcast. 1-866-838-4843. That's one 838 huge Add HUGE Show on Twitter, the HUGE Show on Facebook, and also opt in on the HUGE text chain. Text the word HUGE to 21000. We're going to spend a couple of segments with Mark Ewell, Executive Director of the Michigan High School Athletic Association. He's standing by. Here on the HUGE show across Michigan. Welcome back, Mark.
2: Good afternoon,
1: Bill. All right. I know we touched on this, I think, a few months ago on air. And I and with the transgender athlete stories out there on a daily basis, without getting into politics, I wanted you to refresh for anybody who didn't hear it before, uh, the guidelines slash rules, however you want to describe them, connected to the Michigan High School Athletic Association that are in place when it comes to transgender athletes in the state of Michigan?
2: So we've had a, so this topic, Bill, um, for every conversation I continue to have, it dwarfs the actual number of students um, who have fallen under the policy. We now are going on uh, nearly a decade of having a, a policy on transgender students. I can tell you that over the past decade, Um, On average, we have less than one student a year that contacts our office uh, looking for clarification, guidance, and ultimately an eligibility um, determination. The way our policy works, and what's ironic is last week, the federal government put out um, some, uh, essentially it's a proposal that would fall under uh, future Title IX guidance when it comes to transgender students, and essentially what that policy uh, and proposal said is that blanket um, denials of transgender students uh, participating in athletics would become illegal under federal law. But on the other side of the guidance, it also said that uh, individual decisions can be made uh, when it comes to transgender athletes based on age and competitiveness um, as well as safety and in the sport of choice. So um, essentially what came out last week and got a lot of news coverage um, simply affirmed what we've been doing now for a decade. The way that our policy works is that um, when there is a transgender student who wishes to participate, uh, if it is a trans, um, if it was a student who was um, female at birth, um, so birth gender being female, um, and that student is, becomes a trans boy, uh, that student can participate because our current rules now allow any female athlete to participate in any uh, girl or boy sport. That why, that's why we currently have students, uh, females that currently play football. And if a school doesn't have a, a girls' soccer team, they're able to play uh, boys soccer, et cetera. So that that population really doesn't fall under our policy because those kids can compete. It's the students that were birth gender male and are now a trans girl student. Those kids who seek eligibility, we ask for information. We make a individual um, decision on each student We ask the school, what do your school records indicate this student is? Um, If this student is a trans girl, um, what kind of hormone suppression therapy has gone on? Um, Has there been any gender reassignment surgery? A lot of those questions that a lot of the national governing bodies, and, and back when this started, the NCAA would ask, simply so we can have all the information regarding Um, the student situation and what it's allowed us to do is work with schools, work with families to really, I think, find a good balance between trying to find opportunities where we can but yet also making sure that uh, we're making determinations based on safety and also based on um, competitive balance. And I'll I'll end where I started. Um, The policy's been in place uh, roughly a decade and we have approved less than 10 students to participate over that decade and uh, we have not gotten any pushback from any of our schools um, previously with the determinations that have been made. So last week's uh, news story really uh, reaffirmed what we've been doing now for nearly a decade.
1: And when I read that story that's what prompted me to reach out to you and revisit uh, this topic because the way they read it uh, paralleled what you've been doing you mentioned for almost a decade. and I'm thinking why why didn't the Ivy League do that uh, in regards to swimming why every pro sport, uh, anybody out there follow the guidelines which you've had in place for 10 years, which the government just echoed in regards to Title IX uh, following or adhering to those rules. That it seems to be a real simple process. Now, some will say, Mark, off of what you just said, and I, I, before I even went to you, I I brought up uh, when there's no boys volleyball offered, and this was back when the seasons changed uh, because of Title IX and that lawsuit, uh, which uh, Michigan High School Athletic Association was a part of, I said, well... You know, boys can't go play volleyball because boys would take every roster spot of the girls. And that's the reason, competitive balance, why boys aren't allowed to play in sports not offered, correct?
2: That's correct. And, and I think what your listeners need to understand is, you know, Title IX is in place not to represent both genders equally, it's to represent the, and it's to protect opportunities for the historically underrepresented gender which obviously has been female athletes and in that, you know, many times what you mentioned, some of the other States bill in the Ivy league, you know, first of all, some States have different state laws and and they need to abide by those in Michigan. We currently have no uh, specific law that deals with transgender students and their opportunities. So um, that's, what's allowed us to create our own policy. That's what's allowed us to have our own policy And, you know, I think the the key part to our policy, which is different than, say, what the Ivy League did, is we want to know what that student story is. Um, How long has this individual been a a, a trans uh, transgender student? Is this a bona fide transgender student or is this simply uh, someone who who gets out of bed one day and says that they're going to now identify... Um, as a girl when their, their birth gender was that of a boy and they're going to do so to try and dominate athletically, well, under our policy, we could stand up and say, no, uh, we are not going to give this individual eligibility. But yet what our policy has also been able to do is for these students um, who have been transgender for a number of years, have met um, the criteria, all their school records um, refer to them as is the transgender, then we're also able to make uh, decisions on on the other side of that. fence. So um, again, we have the ability to say no when it's appropriate. And we also have the ability to to say yes when it's appropriate. That's why we think we've really found the sweet spot of being able to take every one of these complicated situations. Again, it's been less less than 10 over the years um, where we've been able to make what we believe is the, the right and fair decision for everybody involved.
1: Common sense. Uh, it really is just common sense guidelines, Mark. And when you first brought it to my attention a couple months ago, I'm like, you know, this is a blueprint uh, for the rest of the country. It's fair. Uh, it, it it hinges on hormones, testosterone, uh, the competitive advantage, uh, those levels, uh, which all should be uh, looked at. And I am surprised that, um, you know, every state, every <laughs> sports governing body uh, isn't doing this, Uh, what the state of Michigan is doing at the high school level. And then I saw the story last week from the government saying you can't blanket, which would be discrimination. Okay, I get that. Right. I I understand that it would be discrimination. But you're going to look at it case by case. And you mentioned in a decade, state of Michigan, 10 million uh, people. How many student athletes each year for but 180,000. 180,000, 180, all the Michigan high schools. So that's 10 years, and I know students are there four years, but we'll just say 180,000 a year, and you've had one. So the question is, you know, the politics involved in this, uh, have, uh, has the governor's office or anybody came to you in the last couple of months and said, we need to talk about your policy, or what are you doing uh, connected to transgendered athletes?
2: We have not. Um, a bill was proposed uh, during the last legislative session um, of which there was no conversation ahead of time. Um, a group of lawmakers put forth a, a, a bill that would have uh, limited uh, competition to the, the birth gender. And we simply felt that we did not need to engage in that conversation, that our policy was working in that legislation ended up uh, not moving anywhere. So, no, we haven't had any recent conversations. And just like today, Bill, whenever we're, we're offered the opportunity to talk on this issue, we just emphasize what our policy is, that, that folks know uh, that it's there and what it does. And, and the other thing is, again, that it's been less than 10 students over the last decade that uh, we've even, you know, had a story that we've had to look into and consider, and ultimately uh, make a decision on. So we we feel like what we're doing right now uh, works for us. And like I said, it was only uh, confirmed and reaffirmed with what the federal government put out last week.
1: And I will say from on the outside looking in uh, to what MHSA does for the member schools, for the student athletes, boys and girls, uh, people of all races, all uh, religious denominations, uh, everything is fair and equal treatment. Uh, in the state of Michigan when it comes out of high school sports. On that note, I know Title IX, the celebration, and the Michigan High School Athletic Association has been a part of it, Mark. I do want you to hang around uh, the impact of Title IX on high school sports uh, in the state of Michigan, where it's at now and moving forward. Uh, we'll spend a few minutes on that topic. I know you're a busy man, so stick around, Mark, okay? we Will do. All right, Mark Kuhl, Executive Director of the Michigan High School Athletic Association. I know I've said it before to all of you. I watched this man deal with COVID and the politics and the pressures. I watched him on air, off air. I've never seen anybody, even the tone of his voice today, you hear fairness. You hear common sense. And some will say they've had one case in 10 years. Why is this a hot button story? Because it went political. Michigan High School Athletic Association has never allowed it to go political because here are our rules or guidelines. But my Lord, with Twitter, Facebook, and everything out there right now, you would think there's a thousand transgender athletes ready to hit high schools. That's why we all need to step back and take a deep breath, because if we live by Twitter, we can die by Twitter. We'll talk about Title IX, its impact on female high school athletes in the state of Michigan. Mark Ewell, Executive Director of the Michigan High School Athletic Association, will join us. I do want your thoughts on boys, girls, transgender athletes, state of Michigan. It's our huge question of the day Call me later, 1-866-838-4843. And also on the social networks, add HUGE Show on Twitter, The HUGE Show on Facebook, and you can opt in on the HUGE text chain. Text the word HUGE to 21000.
0: From St. Joseph to Midland, this show is huge.
1: In the Den with Dan Dickerson.
3: DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today and use code HUGE for a special offer when you sign up. That's code HUGE only at DraftKings Sportsbook. The struggles for the Tigers pitching staff early this year are all directly related to strike throwing, as in not enough strike throwing at key moments. Opponents have had too many plate appearances that start 1-0, and they're doing tremendous damage in those at-bats. So, how do things change? Well, part of the solution is now where Tiger catchers are setting up for a lot of hitters and most pitchers the target is in the middle of the plate let the pitcher's natural movement do the rest and then remind pitchers that when they're in the strike zone their stuff is good enough to get consistent outs to get soft contact it's a very consistent message day in and day out as aj hint says it's easy to say throw strikes it's harder to execute when there's a guy standing in the batter's box
0: breaking benjamin Live in concert in Grand Rapids with special guests, Bush, and Another Day Dawns. See them live at Van Andel Arena, May 16th. Get tickets now at Ticketmaster.com. For more, visit BreakingBenjamin.com. Get tickets now.
1: Michigan High School Athletic Association Executive Director Mark Ewell uh, joining us. Uh, We talked about the guidelines for transgender athletes and the rules that have been in place for 10 years. A common sense system for Michigan high schools and the student athletes. And last year you had the 50th anniversary of Title IX and the Michigan High School Athletic Association did a full year uh, saluting the advancement of high school sports in the state of Michigan on the ladies' side. Uh, How has it grown, Mark, Uh, when you talk about that decade that we just mentioned since you had the transgender athlete uh, rules and guidelines in place, uh, the growth of girls' participation in high school sports in the state of Michigan? How has that been over the last decade or maybe even roll back to 1972 when Title IX first came into play?
2: It's been incredible. Um, I had a really unique professional experience last year. I was part of uh, the governor's task force on women in sports. Um, It was actually chaired by our secretary of state, uh, Jocelyn Benson, uh, an incredibly diverse group of representatives uh, on that panel, one of which was Carol Hutchins. And Carol, of course, just retired Uh, at the end of last season as the longtime softball coach at the University of Michigan. Well, Carol played basketball um, at Michigan State in the late 70s. And uh, she played uh, women's basketball and softball at the same time, ironically, with Magic Johnson. And she was able to share some experiences, again, from still in the 70s of what her experience was like at a Big Ten school, what the women's teams were given, what the men's teams were given, and just... Um, you know, the ongoing battle for more um, progress and equality. And, and so now when you fast forward over the 50 years of Title IX, and, you know, what we pride ourselves on at the MHSAA is it's not just about opportunities for kids. Um, it's not just having the same basketball opportunities for girls that you have for boys. Even though it is incredibly personal and important to me that all of our dual gender sports, those sports where there's both boys and girls, that the seasons are the same length, the number of games are the same length, and our final venues for both are as equal as absolutely possible. You know, I'm proud of the fact that both girls and boys basketball finals are at the Breslin Center at Michigan State. I'm proud that our tennis finals, our swim finals, our golf finals are the same venues and courses Uh, that we use for both the boys and the girls. Uh, Girls soccer, they even get a little bit more of the benefit because girls soccer, we play those championships in mid-June on the best grass surface you could find at Michigan State University, while for boys soccer, which is the first Saturday in November, we have to use high school facilities with turf just based on the weather and field conditions. So it's not just the opportunities and kind of the nuts and bolts of the experiences that we provide, but we're just as passionate about finding leadership opportunities for women as well. We sponsor, every other year, the largest women in sports leadership conference anywhere in the country, and we try and we bring in over a thousand uh, female student athletes to the um, hotel in, in uh, the Lansing area. We meet for two days and we try and show young women that there are pathways not just for participation but leadership, whether it's in administration or whether it's in coaching or whether it's in officiating or whether it's in sports medicine. And so it's important that we not just meet the letter of what Title IX requires in terms of participation opportunities, but we really try and go above the spirit of Title IX that uh, we're not just meeting what the law requires, but we're trying to do everything we can to make sure that there are opportunities for young women uh, not just as participants, but also as future leaders. And um, having been married to my wife, uh, we will be married 27 years this summer. Every day I've known Marcy. She's been a high school basketball coach. We met, if she was just finishing up her college basketball career. Uh, I was coaching in college at Caledonia High School where she was student teaching and coaching girls basketball. So literally for the 29 years I've known my wife, She's been a high school coach every day that we've been together, and she's provided just incredible insight and feedback, um, which has really given me a unique perspective. And then, you know, our youngest kid's now a 16-year-old high school sophomore, and she's a three-sport athlete, and uh, it really even becomes uh, personal when you've got a couple family members that uh, probably love sports uh, or are involved in sports at a higher level than even I am. So. Uh, That's why it's so important to the MHSAA generally and also to me uh, as the director personally. Yeah,
1: And being just a sports dad, uh, you've had sons and daughters uh, go through the high school ranks in the state of Michigan. I will say when I had my daughter, Ava, that my viewpoint changed. And even today, I'll still challenge a school and say, wait a minute, you're sending the boys with a bus to and from and the girls have to get a ride home. No way. And I'll and I ride them, and I'll I'll tell the school like, no, you got to make this fair and equal. You know, you have to. Boys get a deluxe football bus, but you're going to send the girls uh, on just a regular school bus. So it's being that sports dad, but also the fairness, the equality. And you mentioned Title IX, and when it came into play in 1972. It basically reads in a simple form, no person in the United States shall on the basis of sex be excluded from participation in, be denied the benefits of or be subjected to discrimination under any education program or activity receiving federal financial assistance. And that's the key, receiving federal financial assistance and also on the basis of sex. So that ties back in. Uh, to Title IX and also uh, the current transgender athlete debate that we see at multiple levels uh, across this country. Mark, I, I I knew when we never talked beforehand, I just said, hey, we're going to talk about this in the first segment, this in the next segment. Uh, I knew you would be straightforward, honest, and deliver a lot of stuff that a lot of people hadn't heard. And that's my entire goal when I bring you in, studio, when we do have our conversations on the phone uh, because you can really educate uh, the moms and dads, the high school sports fans, school administrators, and more who are listening all across Michigan.
2: You set it up, Bill, and uh, no, it's always a great conversation. And you know, we are as open and transparent as we can possibly be in what we think are all areas, but especially when questions and concerns come up with Title IX and and you know now this new kind of subset under Title IX of. Transgender and no, our our policies and the way we handle it um, are out in the open. They are as transparent as transparent can be because I believe that uh, is always the best way to operate.
1: What's uh, the next sport that will be added for girls? Because then you'll need, you know, under Title IX, you'll need the next sport added for boys. I know we've talked about that a lot. Uh, The next sport for girls uh, is it is it ice hockey is it uh you know girls flag football i know the seasons uh bring a little bit more of a challenge and down south uh what do you think will be the next sport added or what's on uh, the short list for michigan high schools on the female side and also on the male side
2: so that's that's a really good question and you know and i think in association work uh timing is truly everything and you know, as we were in the middle of the pandemic and, and really coming out of the pandemic, it was clear from our schools that we wanted to stabilize what we were currently sponsoring um, rather than adding anything new. And now as we are really getting into a, a post-pandemic world, it's time that we go back to that short list and we look at the sports, whether it be boys volleyball or whether it be girls uh, ice hockey, you know, water polo is something where we've had some conversations with um you know, really trying to figure out uh, what's next, what's the, the new opportunities for kids, but yet also making sure that we can support and stabilize what our current sport offerings are. Um, you know, interest of kids today is different than what it was 10 years ago or even 20 years ago. And that's got to be something to where that ultimate decision is really driven by our membership in making sure that, uh, you know, girls wrestling was was really... Uh, is very straightforward to add. When we added it, you know, some said, well, you shouldn't have the same 14 weight classes with the boys because you've got far fewer girls. Well, I said, no, uh, not just under the letter of Title IX, but the spirit of Title IX, if the boys have 14 weight classes, we're going to have 14 different weight classes for girls because opportunities are going to be the same for boys and girls. And um, just going to shoot straight with you, Bill. The, the most challenging thing is certainly the most, a uh, popular emerging sport is boys volleyball, and if boys volleyball is something that continues to move forward on um, something that that could be part of our program, then the the question that we've got to get answered sooner rather than later is what then is that next opportunity for girls uh, to make sure that uh, that we're compliant with everything that Title Nine requires. So I guess that'll be a reason, Bill, for us to have the ongoing conversation on the weeks and months ahead because uh, that's a decision where, where we're just not close to having yet.
1: Yeah, because I it, the boys' volleyball seems easy. You play it in the spring. The gyms are open. Uh, that that seems like an easy one. But it, it's adding the girls' uh, sport to match the equal opportunity in Title IX That You know, girls' ice hockey, you know, uh, rink time is always tough, still is. A lot of teams are practicing before school, like at 5.30 – six in the morning and uh, the flag football i know we've discussed that multiple times in studio uh, when do you play that do you play it in the fall uh do girls double up and play two sports uh in the fall uh you know do you play girls football and use the fields and play it on mondays and tuesdays who knows i mean it's a it's interesting the list isn't you know for adding sports yeah volleyball water polo you mentioned there it's not like a laundry list that's long with like 10 sports you could add tomorrow.
2: No, and that's, that's really the the biggest challenge. As you said, the, the boys volleyball, I mean, you've already got uh, gyms, you've already got the equipment. In many cases, you've already got a coaching network that's easy to plug into. Um, you know, we just haven't seen the growth over the last decade that we thought we'd see in girls ice hockey. So that's why we're just, uh, you know, we're going to listen to our board. We're going to listen to our schools and, really uh try and get this right not necessarily get it fast
1: mark appreciate the conversation this hour on the huge show across michigan safe travels my friend thank you bill talk to you soon sorry mark you executive director of the michigan high school athletic association uh, joining us remember you can follow everything michigan high school sports and if you want to read their guidelines on transgender athletes title nine and more you can go to MHSA.com at MHSAA on Twitter, MHSAA on Facebook. And if you want to watch live spring sports or on-demand winter and fall sports, they have an entire library, MHSAA.tv.
0: Everything huge, 24-7, at thehugeshow.net.
1: You are very
3: popular. Your texts want your attention, your touchscreen wants your attention, social media wants your attention, and that tuna sandwich you just dropped between the seats definitely wants your attention. All of them can wait because you're busy driving. The Michigan Association of Chiefs of Police reminds you that April is Distracted Driving Awareness Month. We want you and everyone around you to be safe, so tell your distractions to wait, especially that tuna sandwich.
0: We might have just come out with our most refreshing Michelob Ultra Organic Seltzer yet. It's called the Essential Collection. It's made with coconut water and real fruit juice. So it's always going to have a real refreshing fruit taste. Can refreshing get any more refreshing? Yep, it can and it just did. Michelob Ultra Organic Seltzer. Made with coconut water and real fruit juice for a superior taste. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. Enjoy responsibly. Anheuser-Busch Michelob Ultra Organic Seltzer. IRC Beer, St. Louis, Missouri. You're listening to The Huge Show on the
1: Michigan Sports Network. The Huge Show is back live across Michigan on a pure Friday afternoon. What a day for the Telemore Golf Resort in Canadian Lakes, Michigan. Less than an hour north of GR to open up. Low 80s. I guarantee they are packed. Matt Golden is the CEO, GM at Tellymore. Like I said, less than an hour north of GR, com, where you can book your tee time, stay and play package. Last couple of weeks to celebrate opening day at Telemore. you could go to the Telemore Facebook page. Also, I shared it on our huge social networks to win a stay and play package. And Matt Golden joins us live, ready to announce a winner. How you doing, my man?
4: Hey, doing good, Bill. Thanks for having me on this afternoon. You're uh, you're dead on. It's beautiful outside, and there's a lot of activity around here today.
1: Yeah, how how has it been for opening day at Tullymore?
4: Uh, 81 right now. I just took a peek, and uh, no, it's been good. There's uh, groups getting in from their rounds, and uh, activity down in the bar, and people coming out after work. So we're uh, we're excited to be back open. St. Ives will open next Friday.
1: And this weekend, Telemore, people can book tee times right now for Saturday and Sunday at com. correct?
4: Absolutely. You know, Saturday looks like it's going to be another beautiful day. We're going to cross our fingers that they're wrong about the rain on Sunday, but uh, Saturday is going to be a great day over here. We've got plenty of room left.
1: Yeah, telemoregolf.com book that tee time, stay and play package for later in the year. What, what if someone has a last-second idea where they want to do a overnight or stay at Telemore tonight? or tomorrow night, or both nights.
4: Absolutely. They can just give us a call uh, at uh, 800-972-4837, and uh, our team's ready to uh, take care of them, get them some great discounts on a stay-and-play package.
1: Yeah, think about Someone says, you know what, I got a night free tonight. I can golf 1836 tomorrow at Tallymore, Maybe the family's out of town or whatever, or if you're single, want to get the guys together, or you and your girlfriend, you and your wife, uh, TellymoreGolf.com, the number, everything Matt just mentioned. All right, uh, last couple of weeks you've had an awesome record turnout for people uh, entering to win on your Facebook contest on the Telemore Golf page for that stay-and-play package. Uh, who's going to win it, and what do they win? So we've got
4: a, uh, a register to win for a stay-and-play for four people. It's going to be 36 holes. Uh, an overnight stay for four, so they'll get two rooms uh, to stay in, and of course, uh, four rounds of golf each day that they're here. Um, so we've had just tons and tons of people, and uh, Brandon Groupy is our winner. So we'll be uh, emailing Brandon here uh, in just a minute. We entered all the wheels uh, or all the names into a spinny wheel, and uh, Brandon came out our winner.
1: Uh, that was, I think, the the most I've ever seen for it, whether my page, your page. For a Tullymore giveaway, it was up there with our Super Bowl Sunday promotion. People are excited about playing Tullymore. They're open less than an hour north of GR, 30 minutes from Mount Pleasant, just south of Cadillac for huge show listeners. Get a tee time for tomorrow, Sunday. You want to stay overnight, they have room. Tellymoregolf.com. That's Tullymoregolf.com. Matt, we'll see you up at Tullymore sooner than later, okay? All right, we'll see you, Bill. Hey, thanks, everybody. Have a great weekend. Yeah, Matt Golden, CEO and GM at Tullymore, joining us. That's some good stuff there, man. Look at this day, 81. 81 in Canadian Lakes, Michigan at Tullymore. It's perfect weather. Now, if you've missed any of our conversations throughout the week, last couple of weeks, last month, all of our huge opinions, all of our interviews, all of our hours, and all of our full shows are free on any podcast platform. Apple, Google, Spotify, iHeart, Podbean, and more. Just search The Huge Show where you download podcasts, and also you can listen live weekdays at 3 on one of our 19 affiliates at Show.net, or search The Huge Show on the iHeart app and listen anywhere in America where you get mobile service. Big.
0: Bad. Huge.